0: Blog Talk Radio. Okay.
1: Indianapolis. Oh, that's right. Yours truly will be down at the Bacon Fest. So we're going to have a little bit of an abbreviated show today. We're going to uh, only be running about uh, till about 1015 or so local time. We'll get all that figured out on the back end. It is a rainy, dreary, cold day here in Indianapolis, uh, where our studios are located in the west suburbs of Indianapolis high atop balance studio, but welcome aboard. We do this thing called The Balance every Saturday morning. Welcome to all of our affiliate radio stations across the nation, and welcome to you, our listener. If you're listening to us on the podcast, well, hey, go ahead and take some time and, and give us five stars there and tell us how, how good we are, how awesome that we are. It is championship weekend in the NFL, NFC championship, AFC championship. We got the Packers and the Niners, and we got the Titans and the Chiefs. Big, big matchup there. So we'll talk about that as well. Standing by in the balanced green room is uh, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, and also all around a contributor. And then uh, joining us at ten o'clock. No, I'm sorry, at nine thirty. <laughs> My clock's all messed up today. Uh, Joining us in about 30 minutes is Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor. Big news coming out of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this week. Talk to Matthew a little bit about that as well. And then at 10 o'clock, we've got just a very short uh, version with Mo for the BS Sports Show is going to join us and break down the the NFL uh, championship. And also, we will ask the question throughout the show, is odell beckman jr the biggest idiot on the face of the earth we'll be right back
0: tonight
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
3: It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure.
0: I can't believe it. I've been playing 4-on-4 four four with a barbershop quartet. <laughs> pass the ball, pass the rod. We're open, just pass the ball.
1: Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah.
0: Shoot Shoot the Jay. The Jay. I could save you fifteen percent or more
4: on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Good
0: morning, Good morning guys. Good morning. Ah, what is oh, that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my God, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got mace. Ow. they're in my eyes. We're moving.
4: It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
3: Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home.
1: All right all right and welcome back to the balance nine one seven eight nine eight five one six is our digits and uh joining us now is matthew embry our official indycar contributor from up in south bend indiana wsbt matthew how are you on this dreary rainy january uh saturday morning
5: yeah mainly it's snow up here but uh, yeah i just got home just in time uh, before it really got bad last night but uh just be super careful of the roadways, folks, because I think the snow is probably going to turn to slush and then ice uh, later today, so it's going to be even more uh, devastating conditions weather-wise. So, yeah, darn
1: lake effect okay. of the snow is really going to go head today. Well, good thing it's the holiday weekend, and most people, a lot of people don't have to work on, on Monday. I know I don't, so I'm out uh, until Tuesday, so all, all good in the world. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, some uh, breaking news coming out of uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We're going to get into more of this in the next half hour with uh, Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor for Speedway Digest, but uh, Roger Penske and... Uh, and crew uh, made its first, well, if you would say notable change at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway affecting the Brickyard. It's going to be on one. It's going to be on 4th of July weekend. And Matthew, uh, what else do we got going on out there?
5: At this point, uh, yeah, they're going to move the Xfinity race, looks like, to the IMS road course. Uh, that event just needs to have something to get it going uh, ever since they moved that event for Lucaso Raceway in Claremont uh, to the big track it just has not been an exciting race uh, and hasn't drawn the excitement or attention of fans uh, this I think it's a desperate attempt to get something going with that event uh, try to get some attention going for it I guess uh, that's one possibility uh, thankfully i think this race will be a lot more successful than say the Roval race in charlotte i think uh, this is more of a purpose-built road course than the road course used at charlotte motor speedway for the second nascar race every year so i think if you look at it from that sense uh, this should be a much more successful thing now is it going to draw the fans again Uh, that's still another story i think
1: well certainly uh, i remember it being back out at lucas oil raceway out in claremont on the on the west side of Indianapolis, just about, uh oh, 10 miles from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's a great track. I'd like to see some more action back out there at the track. They used to have the truck races out there as well. And it's a smaller track and a smaller venue, uh, but a lot of fun it was. Of course, back then we called it IRP, uh, which is what I think most of us know it, and know it for, for years. So I'm excited to see uh, NASCAR for the first time on the Indianapolis uh, a road course, a course of course, a Florida Georgia line, big concert, uh, as well. And after the race and fireworks after the race, I think we're going to see in the future, uh, obviously not next year, but in the, I would say within the next five to six years, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, uh, changes down there at the Indianapolis motor speedway. And one of the things that people have talked about will be lights to run the, to possibly have the NASCAR at night. What are your thoughts?
5: I'm not sure if that's going to be the situation that's going to work. Uh, The big thing is, like we said, uh, they're going to be able to make it where you can find your car after the race. So that's the only concern at this point. But, uh, yeah, they need to find a way to get some more people in the stands for those NASCAR events. So that seems to be the place where they're lacking right now as far as uh, being able to bring the fans and get the gate uh, numbers up. I think that's the big concern right now for them. They need to find a way to be able to get those events uh, back up and going.
1: Well, hopefully they're on the the track for the for uh, no 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 pun intended, but hopefully they're on the right track uh, to make that happen. And, uh, eager to see uh, what kind of changes uh, Penske uh, uh, installs out there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, another big change happening for uh, not only I am not only NASCAR but for IMS. Uh, they're going to start allowing camping in turn three, which is huge, which is mammoth. And I think that will help out a lot of people, too, because help uh, increase ticket sales. Because now, how how it's been in years past, you have to camp outside the track as opposed to even though, uh, gr- granted, it's right across the street in the Coke lot uh, and other little locations right around there, but still outside the venue itself. This is the first time that IMS has allowed camping inside the venue so we'll uh we'll see what happens well some news coming out of James Hinchcliffe's uh, uh camp got a new sponsor but that doesn't necessarily equal to a new ride
5: yeah Genesis is now the sponsor for James Hinchcliffe uh, that gives us the sponsor personal sponsorship money but uh still uh the doors I think are still limited uh motorsport.com's David Mauser talked to They're going to end up with the possibility there. Uh, I don't know if Ganassi would open the idea of possibly entering a fourth car for Hinch at the Speedway or not. And if uh, it doesn't work there, then the last possibility would be what was Jordan King's seat at uh, Ray O'Learyman Lanigan. So it's not looking good at this point, but uh, there is some light at the end of the tunnel but uh, the options certainly are limited as far as finding a team from Honda camp from to run an extra car for Hence at this point.
1: Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six is our digits. If you want to call and join the conversation, I saw that we just did have a caller and dropped off, so we'll, hopefully they'll call back. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, I don't I feel bad for James because I've known him for so many years. He's such a good guy. He's such a popular fit. It's and one would argue that he's certainly been the ambassador of IndyCar. I just it baffles me why it's so hard for him to get the necessary sponsorship uh, for. A, a ride. What what do we equate to that? Because he's such a popular driver. I mean, when we look at Danica, we're talking about wins and losses. If that's all we're, we're equating to, we look at Danica Patrick, who never won anything, but always had a sponsor. And uh, I, in a lot of ways, and maybe this is just a personal opinion, but I certainly feel like that James Hinchcliffe has did more for IndyCar than Danica ever did.
5: Well, she had the big relationship with Bob Parsons and GoDaddy.com. That helped her uh, the thing that really hurt James, I think, a couple things. One, he has not qualified well at Indy. He failed to qualify two years ago. He almost failed to qualify in last year. And then he got in that body issue, that uh, nude issue for ESPN Magazine. I think that angered Arrow Electronics, who are the main broker with McLaren SP. And I think that started the dominoes going in the wrong direction. So... Uh, I don't understand that. That's a
1: very, popular, uh, it's a very popular – that's a very popular – Danica was in it. Uh, it's a very popular the, – the forces were in it, John but Force, Courtney Force. Aero Electronic did not want
5: him to do it, and I think that was the breaking point right there. Arrow told them, please do not do this, and he did it anyway, and I think that's what did the damage uh, for that in that relationship.
1: Is, is it just kind of a moral morality thing with them, or what was the reason they didn't want James Hinchcliffe to to be in the the, the nude magazine with ESPN magazine? And let's 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 make sure everybody knows he, he's not out there flaunting his junk. Yes, they did, or not they're not wearing clothes, but it's done within taste. And I don't look at dudes' uh, bodies naked or whatever. But there's been a lot of people that have been in that magazine, and, it, and it's it's a, a, a very popular. Uh, uh, issue that they put out every, every single year, uh but you think it was more of a morality thing with them, or what? From what
5: I've heard, uh, talking to David Land and a few others, uh, there was a lot of objection from aeroelectronics Electronics for him not to do that, and he did anyway. And I think that really uh, upset a lot of representatives from Aero Electronics. So of course, again, is the main primary sponsor for Spent Peterson. And I think that, coupled with the poor performances of qualifying in Indianapolis the last two years, I think ultimately uh, did him in and cost him that seat.
1: Well, that's unfortunate, I hope that he can, he can get a ride here in the, in the very uh, near uh, future. What else do we know from uh, IndyCar, and we'll move on into some uh, NFL talk?
5: At this point, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, The only reason we haven't gotten uh, confirmation on Santino Ferrucci yet is because he, Connor Daly, and a couple others, uh, James Davison, are running with Bird Brothers at the Chili Bowl this weekend. In fact, the grand finale of the Chili Bowl is tonight. Uh, But beyond that, uh, I think things are right now status quo, possibilities with a few other rides. Hoon things have gone quiet for them over the last week, so hopefully they're starting to find their stride again. But uh, beyond that... Um yeah, at this point, I think we're where we are right now. But like I said, uh, we're looking at possibly as many as 27 cars for St. Pete. And uh, then the question is, who gets the final seats uh, for qualifying and trying to make the Indy 500? I think those are the big stories at this point.
1: Well, we'll certainly, uh, we'll certainly be watching that and monitoring that a- a- as well. Well, one big question of the day is, and we're going to make this the question of the day, Is Odell Beckman Jr. the biggest idiot on the face of the earth? (laughs) Well,
5: I don't know what he's trying to do, but he's always trying to cause publicity and say the world is against him. I think he's trying to use that to make leverage of why NCAA needs to pay players. I don't know if he was trying to make a statement or what it was, but to give money to LSU players, I mean, ultimately now, that's going to put them under the gun. It puts the NCAA under the gun. I don't know if it was more of a threat to the NCAA saying you need to stop with uh, trying to block players from getting money or whatever the case is. But uh, the timing of it was, like you said, uh, very poor and very poorly thought out by uh, OBJ to make a move like this when you're handing real money to players. Uh, I don't know what his thoughts are, but I'm guessing with the way that he thinks everyone's against him and the world's against him, I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to plot the NCAA saying that they're wrong in preventing players from getting money in the NCAA. Oh, I
1: thought he said it was fake money. Oh, and wait, there's more. There's more in the locker room. He's smacking a cop on the ass. That's not something you do. That's a big no-no. Why? Because, well, the cop was telling the LSU players to put away cigars that uh, Odell Beckman Jr. provided, and then he went up and smacked him in the ass and began to taunt him. And hence, now, wait for it, he has an arrest warrant. He is on the Antonio Brown crazy train. Uh, Matthew?
5: Well, that's going there, and then, of course, Drew Rosenhaus has uh, ended ties with Antonio Brown as his agent, so... I don't know what they're trying to do if they think they're above the law or whatever the case is. But yeah, the timing for Odell was a mess. But again, it's like we say, uh you got that Cleveland Browns franchise a mess. You got a quarterback that's out of control in Baker Mayfield. You got other players that I think uh aren't necessarily team players that you want to deal with and uh I don't know how the coach is going to new coach, whoever he is, is gonna take over and handle things, but uh, good luck to him because he's gonna have a nightmare season, I'm sure.
1: Well, he's just an absolute PR nightmare, and I tell you what, if you are the people – and I get when when you're a guy like that. You've got all kinds of yes people uh, standing around you, but certainly somebody's got to be the voice of reason with this dude. It's like he just starves attention like nobody's business totally, totally insane. Well, let's go ahead and break down uh, the championship weekend. It is championship weekend. By this time, Next week we'll know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, will it be the 49ers? Will it be the Packers? Will it be the Titans or will it be the Chiefs? Let's start with the Tennessee Titans, and they've really kind of had a in the from the AFC South there. I, I'm kind of glad that we're not seeing a, a Texans uh, Texans Titans game. I think maybe the networks sort would of have flexed on that game. So no, we don't want to. Play that. No, I'm just kidding, but I tell you what, I guess it's uh, it's satisf- satisfying from the AFC afc south standpoint that you know that hey uh the, the the titans uh we got beat by the titans who are, are certainly the the, st- the last man standing in the afc south but i tell you what patrick Mahomes and the kansas city chiefs and the comeback that they had against the texans is incredible i'm on the chief train brother
5: yeah, I just don't think the Titans have enough firepower besides Derrick Henry to stop uh, to get points on the board if he gets taken out of the ball game. And uh, Pat Mahomes, I think Kyler is going to get his points. So unless the Titans can score thirty or forty, I just don't think they're going to be able to find a way to get the win uh, in this ball game. And chances are that Lamar Hunt Trophy is headed to Kansas City.
1: Yeah, and and they're due. I mean, they've been right there at it for the last couple of years. Andy Reid, he may look like the Kool-Aid man uh, down there on, on the sidelines, but he's did a great job over the last year's Uh, A couple years putting together a a great Kansas City Chiefs uh, team. Of course, last year uh, it was down to the wire with them and the Indianapolis Colts in the blizzard. Of course, the Colts were not able to to, uh, put that together. Uh, But let's talk a little bit about the Colts. Colts got uh, here to play the local card here with me, the home of card here. Uh Colts got some decisions to make in the off season. Obviously we know that uh, Jacoby Brissett's not gonna be uh the quarterback of the future of the Indianapolis Colts. Where do they go from here?
5: Be very easy to see what they do. I mean they're not in a position, I think, to take a quarterback unless they are satisfied with Jake Fromm potentially being their pick. But uh unless they're willing to trade up, uh they may be sticking with Jacoby Bursette for another season uh, based on what I see, because I think the top quarterbacks are going to go early. And I think the necessity that's going to move Fromm's name up the list. And uh, I think you look at that from that standpoint, uh, unless they're willing to trade up uh, to try to get uh, Toga Vailoa, Herbert, or Jake Fromm, uh, they may end up empty-handed as far as getting a quarterback. So the question is right now, head coach Frank Wright and the GM at uh, colts camp and nurse the owner unless they're willing to trade up and you know waste a draft uh, for 2021 probably uh to get one of those top quarterbacks this year's draft uh they're probably gonna be stuck with jacoby recep for another year that'd be my guess
1: well uh, they're gonna have to do something that's for sure and i I like jacoby i think he's a good leader a good guy in in, in, the, in the locker room, I th- certainly think that he has skills, but he's just not a franchise quarterback. And we'll see what happens. Uh, of course, certainly there's been rumors that Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers, and, uh, but all of that's just a band-aid. We need a new franchise quarterback, and I don't know that we're going to find that in the, in the draft unless we do some serious uh, trading up, which is not Frank Ballard's style. Uh, per se. So uh, we'll see what happens. Also play the home of card with you, the Notre Dame fighting Irish up there. Uh, certainly a good game last Saturday against Louisville came down to the wire there. Uh, you're able to pull a win off uh, on against uh, uh, Georgia tech. And then on, I believe Tuesday, you've got uh, Syracuse coming into the fighting Irish there. Uh, talk with us, uh, bring us up to date with Notre Dame basketball.
5: Well, the men's, I uh, think, still are right on the brink of it, but they got to get something going if they're going to be talking
1: it. It's so really
5: little The third consecutive miss uh, for making the field uh, if they don't get in, and they're already we're hearing rumors right now, is Mike Bray, the guy they should be uh, keeping at the helm. Uh, that's been uh, my colleague Tom Noy at indiansider.com uh, has been uh, saying that's been a common theme during his uh, chats with fans uh, over the last week. And uh, so be very curious to see. I mean, he doesn't know what the situation is right now. If, they'd be, if Swarbrick would be willing to keep him around or they're looking at other possibilities at this point. Uh, and then, of course, the women's team uh, now 6-12 and 12 on the year. Uh, I mean, Muffie McGraw's not getting fired or anything, but uh, they need to find some answers uh, to get this team back on track because this is not a team that is used to losing this many games a year, especially on their home court. And as badly as they did to NC State when they lost by, like, 34 points. And then uh, Notre Dame Hockey, uh, they need to find something that they can get playing in the last 10 minutes because last night they had a 3 nothing lead against Ohio State. They gave up three goals. They got one, and they gave up another one, and they eventually wanted to shoot out 5-4. Four, four. But I think uh, you look at that situation, I think Jeff Jackson needs to find players they're able to give the final effort in the last 10 minutes i think they yes they have a hobie baker award potential goaltender in candidate in Cale morris but beyond that uh, they still lack the firepower i think to consistently put the puck in the net and boy it showed uh, late in that game when they allowed ohio state when they were ohio state was out of it and they left right back in the hockey game and they almost cost them two points
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what happens there. Let's real quickly, let's break down uh, what's going on on the West Coast. And that's uh, the Green Bay Packers taking on the number one San Francisco 49ers. I do like the Packers in this matchup, but I do know they've got their work cut out for them. Uh, This might be the year that the San Francisco 49ers return to the Super Bowl. Well, I think right now the sets of
5: urgency is going to be Aaron Rodgers to have a, his best performance ever. Remember, he turns, he's 38 years old. You don't know how many more years he's got left in the tank or willing to give at this point. So uh, you talk about the Custer's last stand, it's going to be Rodgers' last stand, I think, here in uh, Santa Clara. And uh, I think his performance, I think, will say a lot as to whether the Packers are able to get to the Super Bowl or not and whether uh, Aaron Rodgers has another Super Bowl uh, possibility left in him because – this may very well be his last chance to uh, get to that big game uh, in his career.
1: Are you predicting a a, uh, near uh, retirement for Aaron Rodgers?
5: Well, he's struggled this year. There's no question about that. Yes, he's had his moments of possibility, but overall the mobility to get out of the pocket when he's in trouble, I think is not nearly as good as it used to be. And his arm strength, I think, is uh, also questionable. And uh, when those start, things start happening, it's, even that's what happened to Peyton Manning was even, when he was in Denver, uh, the questions of whether uh, how much is left in the tank uh, really come into question.
1: So uh, we need your Super Bowl pick. Who's going to the Super Bowl?
5: I have Kansas and Green Bay getting there.
1: Rematch Super
5: Bowl one and Kansas City, I think, is just too strong. Kansas City will win. Oh, I
1: think Kansas City will definitely win. They're definitely a, a Super Bowl pick for me as well. Hopefully you can join us for our annual Super Bowl uh, show that we do uh, every every single year. you got the Pro Bowl coming up next week, AFC against the NFC. What are your thoughts on that?
5: I think there's more firepower considering the teams that they lose. I think the NFC will win the Pro Bowl, but again, the thing is, I don't know how much longer this is going to last. And then also you talk about the NHL All-Star Game also that weekend, and there's some bad press going on that one. So you wonder if those are two major events, but they could be possibly going by the wayside uh, here in the near future.
1: We've been talking with Matthew Embry, WSVT, up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, uh, one thing I didn't get to when we were talking about IndyCar is the uh, Chip Canassi Engineering uh, Shake and Bake. I know Racer had a – had an article uh, posted yesterday about it. Uh, Talk with us a little bit about the engineering changes that Chip Canassi Racing has made with their team.
5: Well, I don't know necessarily who the individuals are, but it's clear to me that they are falling steps behind uh, Penske as far as competitiveness. I don't know if that's got more to do with the fact they have the Honda engine or Andretti's gained a step and they've lost a step. Uh, But whatever the situation is, uh, they certainly need to get going. And the thing is, though, I'm not so sure Felix Rosenquist and Marcus Erickson are the answer. I mean, you got a decent driver Scott Dixon, but you wonder how many more years he's got left in the tank. And I still think Rosenquist has a lot to learn on ovals, and the same goes for Marcus Erickson on road courses. And until that changes, uh, it could be a very long year, especially if Scott Dixon doesn't come up to the plate uh, for this Ganassi team in 2020.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll see what happens, Matthew Amber, We appreciate you joining us. If you want to stick around and talk to NASCAR with us, you're you're more than welcome. Do uh, uh, you want to stick around or?
5: Found the cold bug today uh, here, Tom. So uh, it's back to bed a little bit before I get to work. But uh, again, follow me on Twitter at m a t t e m b e m b u r y. Uh, second uh, phase for the Supercross ranks at uh, Anaheim tonight. I'll be very curious to see what happened. Big emotional win for Ken Roxon last night after all his – or last weekend at St. Louis after all his injuries. And then, obviously, a battle between uh, Austin Fortner and Justin Cooper at 250. So, a lot to look forward to tonight when they make their return to Anaheim uh, late tonight.
1: Matt, remember, we appreciate you joining us. You have yourself a good weekend, sir. Anytime, Tom. Matthew Embry, WSVTA up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. My name is Tom Mark L. President Day, 917 898516 And We'll be right back with Steve Wilson, kicking off our NASCAR talk for the 2020 season. A big change is down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and we're just weeks away from the Daytona 500. So getting us ready to go and geared up uh, for the NASCAR season, Steve Wilson. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
3: It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure.
4: Morning, face You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning,
3: morning. guys.
0: Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my God, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got mates! Ow! That went in my eyes!
4: They're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
3: Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire.
1: All right, welcome back to The Balance. Thank you to Matthew Embry, WSVT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar uh, contributor, uh, talking with us a little bit about uh, some uh, funny season in the IndyCar and also about the story we're going to talk about more about here with Steve Wilson, and that's uh, some big news out of the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway. Joining us now, though, is Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, it is time to kick off the 2020 season. Are you ready?
6: Yeah, we're not that far away. A couple more weeks.
1: Ready to get fired up down there in Daytona. And we will talk about Daytona here in just a minute. But certainly some big breaking news uh, uh, concerning NASCAR, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and Brickyard. Uh, We know that uh, it's moved to the July 4th weekend. Uh, There's a lot of big changes that we're talking about. One of those being that the Xfinity Series is going to be running on the road course, which I think this is good. This is, this is good stuff. We talked a little bit about how, you know, they've had been struggling with the Xfinity race ever since they brought it over from, uh, which is now uh, Lucas Oil Raceway or IRP as uh, veterans around the area uh, like, like to, uh, to call it. But let's talk a little bit about that and the big changes that are happening uh, to the Brickyard schedule uh, this year.
6: Yeah, it's been a struggle since it's come over from the short track, and, you know, every year uh, uh, the the attendance has just declined down to the point that, um, you know, what is there now, maybe a couple dozen, hundred people or something that even show up to this thing anymore. Uh, I, I think, you know, that the race has been called the the race that almost nobody saw by at least the... In the star a couple times Over the last uh, couple of years or so And uh, you know I, I It's something different we've, we've seen what Charlotte did Charlotte moved their Oval race into a road Well now a roval but um, a, a rogue course and that Has seemed to regenerate a lot of Interest in um, their Events over there uh, On that weekend so um, Whether this is a precursor to What may happen in the Cup Series um, in 2021 or maybe even beyond, I don't know. But as we know in the past, NASCAR did use the <coughs> Xfinity Series for a test bed uh, with the world changes before they tried it in the Cup Series. So um, it, it's different. And maybe this will start to regenerate some interest into the uh, race weekend there at Indy, uh, something that's been lost over the last couple of years. Maybe just not on the Xfinity side, but on the Cup side. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it, it again. It's different, and it's something that you know NASCAR fans have continued to ask for. They've continued to ask for two things over the last several years they want more road courses they want more short tracks so um, this will be an additional road course that gets added to the schedule
1: well we'll see what happens you're right they have struggled to have uh, fans out there and the, and, the, and the thing about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway I think most people know this but it's a mammoth mammoth track and even if you have if you have 5,000 on the short track show up you know that's a lot more it's certainly than what it would be but if you're at the, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway it really does look like there's only two or three fans, and it, it, so that hurts TV stuff. That hurts a lot. So let's hope that that they that uh, Roger Penske and uh, crew, obviously uh, now the the new owner of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, and uh, the the IndyCar uh, series. So we'll see what happens, but. It's time to get talking about some NASCAR 2020 coming up. Uh, on the schedule is the Daytona 500, uh, which is Sunday, February 16th. Let's talk a little bit about Daytona and what are teams doing to get ready? What are teams done in the off season? uh Just bring us up to speed across the board in the NASCAR world.
6: Well, for them, uh, they they've kind of, I mean, it's not that they haven't been busy, but they get a little easier year this year. Um, they're using the same packages that they did last year. And with this being the last year of the generation of the car, they're not prepping as many cars as they would in the off season. So, uh, they get a little easier time this year than they have in the past, but, uh, we've seen good racing with this package on at least the super speedways and, um, you know, going beyond that, there's been some world changes on short tracks and road courses for uh, this generation of car. Uh, NASCAR has uh, reduced the spoiler size down The splitter size on the front And the radiator pan on the car To try and generate some uh, better racing On the short tracks and road courses As we get beyond Daytona in the next couple of weeks For places like Martinsville and Richmond, Watkins Glen New Hampshire and Bristol And some other places out there on the schedule So um, yeah, well, Hopefully this will this will Help out to some degree I know NASCAR can't be But so many changes with this, with this car, because it, it, with it being the last year, but um, just this, uh, about a week ago, there was another test with uh, Eric Jones and the next generation car down at Homestead, Miami. Uh, I believe they're continuing to gather the necessary data okay. that's needed. Uh, so in 2021, when this new car does uh, finally come on track, that we'll see uh, uh, a good close racing across all the, uh, all the tracks on the schedule
1: we're talking with Steve Wilson editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest our official NASCAR uh, contributor uh, getting ready to open up the NASCAR 2020 season and certainly this is the farewell tour this is the final lap for Jimmy Johnson one of the greats what does Daytona have in store for Jimmy uh, what's his season going to be like as he uh, begins his final tour our final uh, final year if you will uh, with NASCAR as a, as a full-time driver
6: um, you know Jimmy has a lot to turn around From his last season um, It was Lackluster for a better um, Choice of words He really didn't shine At any point in the season And it seemed like It was just one issue after the other um, You know I, I think he has the Enough driving ability left in him but this sport just becomes so competitive every year. The the times in qualifying, uh, lap times on the track, speeds on the track, uh, continue to close the gap every year. And, you know, the as you know, anybody in, in any professional sport, over time, as you get older, of course, you start to slow down. Of course, your body starts to break down. Um and you know we, we we're seeing younger and younger kids come into the sport uh, and perform at some of the highest levels. So you know he he's got he's got a lot to change from from last year, and that means that he's going to have to be back on top of his game on uh, some of these tracks that he's been traditionally good at, like Charlotte Motor Speedway, which he just would, did not seem to shine out at, at all. Um, Other tracks that he's gone to, like Dover, uh, and won time and time again, just didn't seem to, again, shine in the races there. uh, for you know, for his fair world tour, I'm sure every single track is going to be doing something different for him. I haven't heard specifically what Daytona is going to do. Um, they have stated that they that they are planning to do something, as well as other tracks have stated that um, they'll be doing something individually. But what that is planned for each track yet, they haven't started to announce it. But you know, um, yeah, I think uh, what Jimmy has done in his career to. Um, go out there and win seven championships that, you know, we can debate the validity of how he won them versus uh, Richard Petty or Dale senior all day long. But nonetheless, going out there and winning seven championships like that in today's highly competitive environment uh, is something for the history books. It's definitely a story that will continue to be told over the next, you know, many, many years. We, We may not, talk about the story in the fashion that the Dale Seniors and the Richard Petties of the world thought okay. we tell those stories those seven championships but we'll nonetheless continue to tell the story of Jimmy Johnson now he was able to match the two greats or two other greats in the sport and become a great himself uh, over his career
1: well, it certainly, yeah. He's he's had his ups and his down downs, like any driver has. But as you just mentioned, he's going to be always noted as one of the greats of the sport. So uh, it's uh, unfortunate when we see a lot of these drivers retiring and out with the old and in with, in with the new. And we'll and we'll see what happens. Let's talk a little bit about the the, um, the Chevy Cup teams. Uh, obviously, they've got the brand new freaking Camaro. That's a badass car, if you ask my opinion,
7: Steve.
6: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, it, as 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 each of these manufacturers have continued to say, you know, we we went away a long time ago from you know brand identity into the sport uh, with these common templates and things on the racetrack that didn't necessarily match what was out on the street, and and for years it was always a mentality of win on Sunday, sell on Monday. And a lot of these manufacturers, again, they just got together and worked with NASCAR to say, look, you know, what what we're putting out there on the racetrack doesn't necessarily uh, identify with what we have out on the street or even the the name we're putting on the car other than some stickers and headlights and, uh, you know, maybe a a logo or something like that. Uh, And, and, Fans are just not able to identify with what they are seeing. So over the last couple of years, we've seen uh, Ford do this now with the Mustang that you, you have, and now the Camaro that uh, GM is bringing to the racetrack. That they are bringing cars to the track uh, with templates that sure they're they're fundamentally different, but there's at least something that you can go to the racetrack and say, "Look, that looks like my camaro that I have sitting in my driveway or at the dealership, or that Mustang that's running around the racetrack looks something like what I see out on the uh, on the on the street each day, so you know for for g m they're they're continuing to push the boundaries on. Uh, the design elements of these cars, just as uh, the other manufacturers are, and, and this can, will continue to show into the future as to you know what these cars continue to look like uh, on the racetrack compared to what you're seeing in the dealership and the car uh, are on the street every day. Uh, and for that, I think it's a marketing element that we've lost. Uh, we lost for a long time in the sport as we tried to make the sport safer um, and while safety is paramount in this sport and we continue to also try and push those boundaries of, of safety in sport. um, You know, at the same time, we kind of lost that, that design and marketing element that was so vital to uh, NASCAR for so many years. And now we're finally starting to get back into that, uh, especially with the, with the Camaro, with the Mustang Supras that you now see uh, on the Toyota side.
1: Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest. Steve, let's also t- talk a little bit about the offseason and the upcoming 2020 season uh, for the various NASCAR series. Let's start with the, with the truck series. And uh, certainly uh, Matt Crafton came out on top last year, followed by Ross Chastain and Brett Moffitt. Uh, what what's going on in the truck series? What do we know? Get us up to date with the NASCAR truck series.
6: Well, we've had uh, um, some significant changes in the truck series. We're we're going to a new name this year. (laughs) We're adding a Gander uh, Outdoors and RV to the name. Uh, But aside from that, Minecraft will be back with Door Sport this year. Ross Chastain, who had split his time between the Xfinity Series and the truck series, and finally decided to go full time in the truck series to try and chase that championship down, is moving over full time to a Ride at Colleague Racing this year, so he'll uh, he'll be in a a decent Xfinity Series ride that will be able to provide a championship run for him, as well as he's also continuing to work with Chip Ganassi Racing and going to enter the Daytona 500 and the Coke 600, with a with a supported element or a supported car from them. Um, <clears throat> Stuart Friesen has been at GMS Racing for quite some time. Uh, has used their technical engineering and fabrications department they're uh, they're moving over to uh, to toyota uh, this year and uh with uh Dgr crosley um, they were a longtime toyota partner in this in this uh, series is now moving over to Ford performance. Um, they're bringing on some new drivers and i think what everybody is probably looking most forward to is what uh, Haley Dagan is going to do this year in the truck series uh, in a, um, in a part-time effort to continue getting um, her feet wet in this sport and stock cars and trucks. And she'll also be running the IMSA series for, uh, for uh, a couple of races or in the Rolex 24 weekend there for Ford performance. So uh, a lot of different changes and new faces there in the sport and, or in the uh truck series this year and it'll be interesting as always to see um you know as the as the season continues to develop.
1: The Gender Mountain and our, our RV outdoors. We'll, we'll get used to it before the, the uh uh season gets underway. Let's go over to the Affinity series. Obviously Tyler Reddick finished out strong last year, uh cold custer surfer. Custer and Christopher uh, Bell, but uh, talk with us a little bit about the NASCAR Affinity Series. We talked a little bit about one of the changes that's happening uh, with their schedule, and that's here at Indianapolis. But uh, what do we know about what's going on with the Xfinity Series?
6: Well, with the Xfinity Series, the top three are no longer going to be top three in the sport. So we're going we're going to get to talk about somebody new in 2020. All three of those drivers, Reddick, Bell, and Custer, are moving over into the Cup Series with. Uh, various different uh, teams uh, in, in 2020. So I'm sure we'll be talking about them in the Cup Series some way, somehow. Uh As far as the Xfinity Series, um, we've already had a couple new teams that have entered in or some teams that had been in the Xfinity Series. Excuse me. They have uh, entered in this year, 2020. Um, Tom Joe Martin has uh, been in a part time effort for quite some time with various teams. He owned uh, a truck team some time back and has uh, now moved back into the sport with a full time family owned team for themselves. Uh, Rally Herbs, we're going to continue to come back with uh, JGR Racing. Uh, and we'll, we've got uh, a Jesse Little that's going to move over to JD Motorsports this year from the Truck Series that he had uh, been running part-time. I think he's going to run a couple of races uh, in the Truck Series, uh, but he's going to move full-time over into uh, the Xfinity Series. So there's still a lot of uh, movement going around, some announcements that um, – uh, in the next couple of weeks that uh, we'll probably fill the schedule out or I mean the uh, teams out and uh, who's going to race where but uh, uh it's going to it's going to get an opportunity for some of these drivers that are up and coming uh, some of these drivers that have been in the sport uh, we just won't be talking about the big three all year long
1: Talking with Steve Wilson, editor chief of Speedway Digest, our official uh, NASCAR contributor. As we move on over to the uh, NASCAR Cup Series, um, uh, will this be another year for Kyle Bush? And we saw Martin Truex Jr. right there. Kevin Harvick, uh, talk with us about uh, the Cup Series. We're going into 2020. Um, well, there's, uh, you
6: know, uh, I don't I don't know if uh, Kyle Busch can go back-to-back. Um, he might be able to, but uh, I think it's going to continue to be another year for JGR no matter what. Uh, they won half the races in 2019, uh, just about half the races. I would not expect them to do anything less. Uh, they're going to be still the performance team that everybody is going to chase, at least for this car. Um that may uh, and I'm sure we're gonna have some restructuring of uh the haves and the have nots and who's good and who's not as good when we get a new generation car, but at this moment uh, they're gonna continue to be probably who everybody's gonna be chasing uh, Stuart Haas is gonna gonna continue to perform strong as they have and uh you know hopefully with Reddick coming over to Richard Childress racing, they will um continue their improvement. Uh, over the last couple of years done with uh levon family racing they're they're gonna get Christopher bell and they're gonna get support from j g r uh, and t r d and uh, a host of other companies and parts suppliers out there so uh for them, they had Matt Benedetto in the car this past year but and he 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 definitely did a good job with that car he performed outperformed that car. Probably better than we've seen in, in in since they've entered into this sport. And Levon Family Racing has been a team that's run mid pack uh, pretty much their entire time within this sport. But for Matt, he's not all lost. He does uh, get to take over the, the famous number twenty one Wood Brothers car in, in uh, twenty twenty. So for him, he's still getting excellent opportunities uh, with a with a quality car out there and. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll continue to see Penske out there as we always have, and, uh and maybe not as strong. And I think sometimes we, we, if these other teams are being overshadowed in their performance uh, by what JGR does in, in the series. But you know, anything can happen, and these these teams have a lot of opportunity to continue working with these cars and making them better. And, and maybe this is the year that somebody else outperforms JGR. But you know, I don't particularly see it. And maybe, maybe it happens, but it, it's going to be hard to to go after uh, a powerhouse like them.
1: You know, Denny Hamlin had a very much improved season last year. Uh, what's on his horizon? Uh, is he, is he uh, on the upward momentum train or is he uh, kind of hit his plateau uh, uh, last season?
6: <clears throat> well, um, you know, it, it, if you go back and look over at Denny's career, it's like a, a roller coaster. It's up, it's down, and he's going to be fired, and he's got a seat. And, you know, it, it's been back and forth uh, for, you know, a good decade or so. Uh, every time, uh, you know, JGR has a team out there that, um, you know, we, we heard around the same time that Suarez was potentially going to uh, exit JGR, that, The rumor was, no, no, it's going to be Denny Hamlin. He's not doing so well. Um, So, you know, we continue to hear this out of, uh, you know, these rumors. But I think really Joe Gibbs is uh, backing Denny Hamlin. What he did last year, he kicked the season off, won the Daytona 500, uh, won five, uh, five additional races throughout the year. And I think, you know, Joe Gibbs goes back and looks and reevaluates that, you know, Denny Denny has had health problems over the year. He's had problems with his back. He's had problems with his shoulder. He's had surgeries. Uh, But it it doesn't seem to have slowed him down. Uh, You just look at his performance last year, uh, what he does this year. I think he continues that momentum. Uh, whether it's, you know, he kicks the season off again and wins the Daytona 500 or not, you know, it's really anybody's guess. But I do think that he finally, you know, he's turned a corner yet again. It was, you know, 2018 was the only time in his career he hadn't won a race in the Cup Series since he had entered into the Cup Series. So um, I, don't, I don't expect anything less out of him. I You know, I think people will, will – will we'll again start the talk this year. Well, what if Danny Hamlin doesn't win a race? Is, is he going to be out of a seat? And is Christopher Bell going to come over? Because everybody knows that Joe Gibbs ultimately would like to have uh, Christopher Bell in one of his rides and not a satellite team ride. Uh, so, you know, the, that talk will continue to heat up. And if, you know, Denny continues to perform, I think Joe Gibbs will continue to back Denny Hamlin in a car, and uh, he, uh, Joe will make the decisions on who goes and who stays at a later date. And uh, I, I just think that right now he's on an upswing and maybe not plateaued yet. But, you know, if you look traditionally over his career, at some point he's going to hit that roller coaster and, and fall back down that hill um, once again.
1: Talking with Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. One final topic I want to talk with you about going into 2020, and you mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier, and that's the NASCAR Next Gen. Exactly what is Next NASCAR Next Gen, and what does it mean to fans and teams?
6: Well, <clears throat> Next Gen is a reworking of the sport as a whole. If you if you Listen to the way that they are selling this to the fans, to the drivers, to the media. What that kind of means is that it's just not a car, it's the schedule in 2021, which will come, to, come out sometime this spring around late March or the April timeframe with the three series. Uh, you know, NASCAR has already made changes this year with a double header at Pocono. Um, NASCAR has said that they're looking at other various different ways to run races, midweek races, double double header races, uh, more nighttime races, uh, you know, all kinds of different uh, go, going to the new tracks um, you know taking, taking dates away from current tracks. Uh, They're looking at all kinds of different things when it comes to the schedule and what 2021 will be comprised of, and even the years after 2021, because they're no longer locked into the agreement of keeping dates at uh, racetracks. Beyond that, there's a new car. They're building a brand-new generation of car. Um, The car not only... Is fundamentally different uh, structurally and you know, composition-wise. There'll be a new powertrain in the car in um, in the next couple of years, which will include some kind of electrification um, that will boost horsepower, that will um, serve as uh, braking power, as serve as other parts of the car um, that. Match again. We go back to we got away from what's on the street to uh, you know we we're now seeing hybrids on the <clears throat> on the street more prevalent. And NASCAR isn't looking at going at a hybrid, but they're looking at going to an electrification component. We're also going to go away from the. Uh, Four-speed manual transmission. We're going to go to a rocker-style transmission that we see in V8 supercars, that we see in IndyCar, that we see in other series. Um, we're going to go to floating uh, differentials in the rear. Um, so you know they're 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 changing the cars to what is more acceptable today. Um, there there is um, when you listen to the car, the car, in my opinion, and whether they've and I'm sure I know that they're still working on the engine. They still have some time to come on the engine before like 2022 or something like that. Um, but you know, the car sounds differently, um, overall. Um, but I'm sure these are probably prototype engines at this point that they're just tinkering around with. So, you know, I I don't read too much into it at this moment, but, um, they, they, it, the car is going to be different. The schedule is going to be different. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things in the next couple of years, that NASCAR is going to try and change. Uh, uh, the other thing is they're looking at uh, street courses, uh, similar to what IndyCar does. So, you know, what happens in the next couple of years, I think they're trying to reinvigorate the brand bring people back to the sport, put new eyeballs on the sport that haven't watched the sport, um, maybe try and even do some crossover events with the IndyCar. Um, and, and in that aspect, maybe those two series can work together um, to some degree. And they are also another thing that that has been thrown around is maybe the shortening the schedule to end sometime around the same time IndyCar does in September. So, you know. Now, there's lots of things in NASCAR, the next generation of NASCAR is going to be. And what the final product is, um, you know, we're all sitting around waiting to find out what their decisions are.
1: Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor, helping us kick off the 2020 season of NASCAR. Uh, reminder the Daytona 500 comes up on February 16th. Uh, Steve, we're looking forward to another season with you this year. You can uh, follow you. Where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir?
6: They can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com.
1: Steve Wilson, we appreciate you joining us. Have yourself a good uh, holiday weekend.
6: Thanks a lot. You too. Take care.
1: Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest. Check them out there at SpeedwayDigest.com. My name is Todd Michael President today. we got just a few minutes left, as we have an abbreviated show today. Uh so I'm, did I'm, not deep top, Jack in a well, push that button too quick. <laughs> on tap next is Rob for the BS Sports Show. We're going to break down the AFC and NFC Championship weekend. We're going to see who's going to Super Bowl this weekend. MTV on the RCA, no AC
0: in the vents. We were Jesus, Sammy, blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer, park, truck, stop fade a little. Cover of the Roller Stone, Uptown Down Home American kids growing up in little pink houses, making out on living room couches, blowing that smoke on Saturday night. A little messed up, but we're all alright. Baptist hey! hey! Church parking lot, trying not to get caught. Take her home and give her your jacket. Making it the same.
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
3: It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant elephant, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure.
1: you know back then i was a little baby sweet and greasy gotta love bread i know
0: you know there's sandwich bread over there next to the coffee bread in the bathtub
4: okay that's gross to me
6: there's a lot i've been feeling lately uh why is there a hearse at my house night screams the new fun of the kids billet billet my billet
3: billet where are you billet
4: so I need to talk to you regarding money. I stomped on all the fun chunks. My grief has a
1: scent like suffering. A rusty. All right, welcome back to The Balance, our final segment of today. Yes, this is an abbreviated uh, show, and to help us break down uh, the uh, NFL championship, most of the BS Sports Show, we get to him right here in just a second. Thanks to Matthew Embry, uh, WSBT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, and Steve Wilson of, of uh, Speedway Digest, breaking down the opening of the 2020 season in NASCAR. Joining us now is Mo from the BS Sports Show. Mo, thanks for joining us a little bit earlier so I could duck out of here and get down to the Bacon Fest, man.
7: <laughs> yeah, it looks phenomenal. You were you were there last year too, right? What's that? You you went to Bacon Fest last year too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Had a blast. Had a blast. It's a it's a it's a thing, man. And then next weekend is the is the Bourbon Fest, dude. I'm just going to tell you. Bacon and bourbon. What what what,
7: what better treat in the world do we have? <laughs> Next, I, I, I'm going to the Merkin Fest where those are actually uh, those are uh, pubic hair wings. I'm going to the <laughs> Merkin Fest. <laughs>
1: well, we're going to get into, into the championship weekend. We've got the Packers and the Niners, and we've got the Titans and the Chiefs. But before that, we we've got to uh, solve one question that I believe is an easy answer: Is Odell Beckman the biggest idiot on the face of the earth?
7: No, he's an attention whore. That's what he is. He's an attention whore. And everything's got to be about uh, about him. And so, you know, he decided to make the uh, LSU championship game pretty much uh, about him when he went there. And uh, handing out money to players, which we know is uh, 100% uh, illegal. And then, I mean, the thing with security guards smacking a male security guard in the butt, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's a guy looking for a quick payday, but... You know Odell Beckham Jr. There's a warrant out for his arrest. He's cooperating, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens with him. But you know, just another thing to show that the Cleveland Browns are a nightmare and a mess.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. And this new coach has got to figure out a way uh, to rein in this uh, to rein in this diva. He's definitely on the Antonio Brown crazy train, uh, and is uh, is uh, you might want to call him an Antonio Brown copycat. So we'll see what happens. We don't want to waste much more brain space on him. Uh, But let's do talk a little bit about the Chiefs and the Titans. Uh, big matchup. I think it's everything plays in the favor of of uh, Kansas City. The Titans. Clearly, you don't want to underestimate the Titans. Uh, maybe I'm glad to see something from the AFC. The AFC South being represented. Well, I wish it was. A, I wish it was the Colts, but it's 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 the Titans and the Chiefs. So let's break down
7: that that uh, matchup uh, tomorrow. Well, first off, I just want to remind everybody who called the uh, huge Titans upset last week. This guy. I'm going to
1: pick him again. I'm taking the Titans and the eight points. Man. Titans to return to the Super Bowl. Give me an idea how long. 19, 20 years? Yeah, well, i tell you what. They made Castaway that very same year. Because remember, they made reference in Castaway. Helen Hunt made reference in Castaway to to Tom Hanks that uh, while you were gone, we went to the Super Bowl. Remember that that reference. Oh, yeah. So it's been at least that long. <laughs>
7: no, you but, know I uh, like the Titans defense. I like the way that Mike Rabel has them playing. um You know, it it obviously Kansas City is tough at home. They can score a ton, but you know the thing I like about Tennessee is they've got Derrick Henry, and when they can control the offense and they can uh, keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines, you know that's been the recipe for winning so far. You know, in Kansas City they struggled at first with Houston, and then uh, blew him away. But uh, you know. You look at Tennessee, they've taken down New England, and they took down Baltimore. So why shouldn't I think they could take down Kansas City? And they've done it all on the road. So I'm taking Tennessee to go to the Super Bowl.
1: You know what, for the aspects of I, I hope your streak stays alive, but I, I, I'm, I'm in Kansas City uh, – a uh, fan, but I just I think this is their year, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's go out to the West Coast. Uh, San Francisco hosts the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, he's in his late 30s. Uh, does he have another Super Bowl in him? A lot of people think that the Packers can beat the 49ers. I do, too. I'm kind of on that train. But also, for the most part, the, the 49ers have proven all year long that they're number one for a
7: reason. Well, you know, we talk a lot about San Francisco's defense. And their ability to control the game and control the clock with their defense, but you know the defense in Green Bay not too shabby as well. So, uh, you know, I I just don't know with a defense as good as San Francisco's if Aaron Rodgers has got enough, uh, you know, to uh, uh, to get get it done. I know he's got enough weapons. I think they're going to have a a lot more uh, a lot more difficult time trying to get the ball uh, to Parker or to Devontae Adams. Excuse me. His, uh, than they did against uh, than they did last week against Seattle, so I think it's going to be a uh, pretty rough day for uh, for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay.
1: So you're thinking we got a San Francisco treat and a and a Tennessee Titan Super Bowl, huh?
7: It, it feels that way. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers; he can do, you know, he can make uh, make things fantastic at times. But uh, I think that uh, I think San Francisco at home is just going to be too tough.
1: Well, I think I'm on a completely different uh, vehicle than you. I think that Green Bay can go in and beat San Francisco. And I think that the Kansas City Chiefs can beat the Titans. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs and the Packers in the Super Bowl. I'll save my official uh, uh, pick uh, for the Super Bowl special. Uh, but uh, if I was to say that uh, you could do the tomahawk chop and you might want to uh, stock up on some red for the Super Bowl party, that might give you a hint or an indication <laughs> as, as to who I think might win the Super Bowl. So it's going to be an exciting time. Well, from the BS Sports Show. I appreciate you joining us on this abbreviated show. We're back on regular schedule next week, uh, so uh, make sure you have yourself a good weekend and try to stay dry out there.
7: Eat, uh, eat some bacon for me, Tom.
1: I'm going to do. I'm going to eat bacon and drink bourbon for you.
7: I look forward to the pictures, my friend.
1: All right, buddy. <laughs> I'll, I'll <get laughs> You'll done. definitely be up there. All right, man. We'll see you. Well, for the BS Sports Show, joined us uh, uh, helping us down championship way- uh, weekend. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Remember, uh, we do this thing called The Balance every, um, every Saturday morning. Sometimes we do it, we try to do it. Follow us on Twitter. Oh, goodness. I got bacon on the mind now. Man, can't wait to get down there to the Bacon Fest. Follow us on Twitter. I'll get some pictures up there on Twitter, as well as if you are lucky enough to be on my uh, personal Facebook or my personal Twitter or my Instagram, you'll you'll see them up there. My name is Salt Marcos, El Presidente. Remember, don't drink and drive it. Isn't cool? And uh, let's try to stay dry, try to stay warm. Everybody have a good Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday. And uh, enjoy the day off. Uh, my name is Tom Marcocell, Presidente. I'm out of here. Deuces.